Hi friends, welcome to episode 3 of season 2 of Digging for Bones. On this episode, I'm interviewing Pup Badge. Pup Badge is a sexy muscle puppy out of San Francisco. He runs the party called Flex. He is also part of a stage production called Baloney. It's just a really wholesome episode, probably one of my favorites, and I know I say that every time, but this one's really juicy and really good. I also got to use some new equipment, um, new microphone, so things should sound really crisp as well. So, hope you enjoy the episode. Send me any feedback if you have it, and cheers. Thanks for subscribing. <laughs> hey, friends. Welcome to episode three of Dickin' for Bones. I have Badge here as a guest. I'm really excited to bring him on the show. I got to meet him last year on the Atlantis cruise. We've met a couple times in all my journeys over to San Francisco over the last year as well. An incredible human being, really special puppy, uh, really involved in the community and just excited to introduce him to y'all. So yeah, welcome. Welcome onto the show. Hi everyone. My name is Badge. Uh, uh, thank you. Thank you for hosting me. Uh, Pup. Yeah. Um, for those who might not know you, can you give us a brief introduction about yourself and who you are in the communities that you're involved with? Certainly. Um, I can. Oh my gosh. You, you introduced me as someone who's very involved in the community and already I feel the pressure to like, you know, I'm like stacking myself up against other people. I see more involved and I go, I don't know if I'm that involved, but okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who I am and what I do. You're involved. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I go by pup badge. Hello, bark, bark. Um, and uh, I've been in San Francisco uh, for 13 years. Uh, the last 13 years, I moved here from the Midwest. Um, and what I do in San Francisco is um, I've gotten myself involved in the theater community here and the leather community here. Uh, I moved here knowing nothing about the leather community. I moved here knowing mostly nothing about San Francisco. I couldn't tell you who Harvey Milk was uh, when I moved to San Francisco. Um, and... Uh, only, only knew that you know San Francisco had a reputation of being very gay. That was the only thing I knew about San Francisco. I moved here, and with a, a month of moving here, was exposed to um, the Folsom Street Fair for the first time, knowing nothing about the Folsom Street, the Folsom Street Fair, but seeing that and feeling like I'd found my tribe. And so I think it's been a very interesting kind of um, you know like evolution for me constantly of like going through this like process of becoming more involved in the community because I have continually received personal growth and benefit and um, queer happiness, happiness from being involved from, from, from the impact that the community built up by others has had on me, you know, teaching me about my gay past, uh, how important it is, how, uh, you know, sort of like if I look at just my own conception of like my own sense of masculinity, you know, coming from a place in the Midwest where, you know, I thought that that meant being like a dom top only and coming to a place with San Francisco and learning that that's such a what, what a what a fragile uh, image that is and, and how masculinity is so much more than those things and, and how for anyone who wants to go out there and, you know, say that you're mask for mask or you're into only certain types of guys like you do so at the benefit of people of sh of standing on the the shoulders of giants who have come before you who've 
not been those types of people who fought for your rights to do those kinds of things. So it's been, that's just a, a way to say that, like, that's what I think about when I, when it, I think about like the impact of being involved in community is, is knowing who the people are that you live amongst uh, and their past and their history. Yeah. What a awesome intro. Yeah. Thank you. Um, from someone who's new to all of this and just finding all of it in the last year myself. Um, and you've been a part of that journey for myself. Uh, I really appreciate that. And that resonates really deep with me as well, especially the history part. Uh, when you said being connected to like gay history, I've learned so much in the last year about things that are so important. Um, people died so that we can do what we're doing. And it's important to know that you don't need to like, I've learned that you don't need to like dwell on it and not everything needs to be this memorial for it, but it does, it definitely needs to be respected understanding like what people went through so that we can enjoy the things that we enjoy. So thank you for saying, I mean, if you take, if you take the, um, the celebration usually in the summer of gay pride, no matter where it happens, um, as an, as an example of that kind of just that thought, like I think from my first experience of that it was a celebration only event and as one becomes more involved and then digs deeper into like well, why do we celebrate pride in the first place we celebrate pride because oh, we used to be heavily persecuted and also uh, you know pride was not as i first came to see it like only a celebration it was a like a survival event to you know stake out um, a place amongst civilization and say, we are here, we are a people, we are to be respected. And, um, you know, knowing that there is fight within pride, knowing that there is, knowing that there is um, like the roots of, you know, survival within, within pride, that it's not just a celebration. That's just, that's a, a, like a one, you know, another example of uh, just a, a pinpoint of that kind of depth of growth through community events. Yeah, no, it, pride's right. Pride started is right. <laughs> um, it's important not to forget that. Um, I am curious. So, where did Pup Badge to the name come from? Oh man, when I first started, like, you know, considering like, is there a pup within myself? Having you know, started to see puppies express themselves and wear hoods out at Folsom Street Fair or around in the San Francisco community, and I thought of myself like, well, and I, I thought to myself like, well, what is the whole what is the whole point of being a pup? You know, you you kind of get to there's this primal, you know, sort of animal expression of yourself. But when it comes to a naming convention, how is it done? Okay, a name can be given to you. And how could a name be given to you? You know, just like you would name, I mean, this is one of maybe like the, the closest crossovers of like puppy play to like actual like, you know, real uh, bio pups is like, how do you name a pup? Well, you think about the qualities, you know, that that <clears throat> that the animal has, and then you give them a name based on that. You know, you can have that done to yourself or um, as I did, you know, you can, if you don't have anyone to name you, you can sort of think of yourself like, well, what would I name myself? Well, how do you start that? You think of maybe the best parts of yourself, the best parts of yourself you're trying to lead with, you know, it's a chance to sort of, you know, claim a crystallized, almost kind of like new identity for yourself in a way it can be, you know, to express something to, to, um, you know, sort of like lead with something. So I thought about the qualities of myself and, you know, what those might be. I thought of myself as a kind of big brother protector kind of, um, you know, person. And from there, this conception of, uh, you know, a little silver police badge popped into my mind. And from there I thought, okay, well maybe badge wouldn't be a bad name. 
And, you know, when one is, you can probably relate to this, when one starts to imagine themselves as a pup, and you look around at other people who are involved in puppy play, and you see that they have names, and you think to yourself, ooh, what would I name myself? You know, it becomes sometimes a bit of a, you know, preoccupying thought. And I, I, there's this other layer on top of that with the name badge that I thought was kind of interesting because I thought it kind of spoke to the idea of also trying to name myself. You know, around your neck, you might wear a badge with your name on it. And so I thought, you know, badge was an interesting way of saying, you know, hmm, this is like a meta layer of like the name is the thing that a name would be printed on itself. <laughs> I love that. And you, you have such this honor and I don't have the right word for it, but you, you do have a stoicness to you that, that the name matches really well. Um, well done. You're welcome. You well can done. say the Superman like qualities if you'd like. Superman quality that nailed it. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Um, read my mind. Uh, to give you guys the description for those of you who haven't seen Bad Badge is very muscly and very kind. Has the nicest eyes you will ever see on a human being or a puppy. Um, friendly, but also if you were ever in trouble and you look around the room and needed to run to someone to feel safe, like that is the person you would run to. Um, so to give you the audio description of who we're talking to, that's how I would describe you. Um, oh my gosh, puppy. I'm, well, I'm touched by that. Oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> you do. There was this... Um, so, I mean, we were in that group chat for the cruise, and I mean, I kind of already knew who you were. Um, so when I saw you were in the same chat, I got put in this chat with a friend of mine, my friend Andy had put me in, and I saw a badge and tear in the group with us, and I, I got really excited. Um, you were also throwing the uh, puppy pool party <laughs> on. I don't know. Cruise. I don't know about throwing, no, but we, one of our friends uh, very much is the, the coordinator, the, the ringmaster of all of that. And okay. so we were, we were just, you know, we were co-conspirators of him you know he was he was giving us the you know the operations of you know when it was going to be what we should do how we could help and we were just going along with that i can't i cannot take well, credit great. for for uh for his work no and I, I get that and respect that that pool party is really special but it also goes to show too just like the generational gaps because the cruise mm -hmm. has been around forever mm -hmm. and a half sure <laughs> um and they don't know they don't know what to do with pups sure <laughs> well, uh, well perhaps some don't some don't but i think you know that's it's a very interesting some thing don't. you know um what you're describing is a big top deck of a cruise ship where um you know just because one puppy one time said hey you know we, all the puppies on the cruise ship we should all organize ourselves into a pool party and they did and, you know, now it's a cute thing where, you know, oh, they'll throw a ball and, you know, we'll all play games together and, you know, take a photo with each other and all splash around and have fun. And I think, you know, I think that at least, you know, lots of people, you know, get to look at it, get to see it, get to hear the announcement of, you know, okay, ship, there's the pool party for puppies happening on this day. I don't know. You know, some people get it. It's not just, it's, it's not like a, a new foreign thing compared to like leather old guard, you know. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, they call it the unofficial, but I kind of love the undergroundness of it. Sure. Um, and to give you guys a description, so there's this this pool party that happens on the boat, um, and they come out, and the official host of the cruise comes out, and the last one was hilarious. They did uh, trivia, and all the answers to the trivia questions were on balls 
and they yes. threw all the balls into the pool. Um, and it was hilarious watching like 50, 60 puppies like dive and try and catch balls with their mouths with the hoods on, trying to find the answer. That is not easy. Uh, it's not easy. It looks easier than it is. And you're trying to stick it in your mouth and keep like your mm-hmm. puppies on a go. And mm-hmm, not mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, you know, and every, everyone My is favorite. in their hoods because, you know, uh, you know, well, uh, you know, uh, probably most everyone, because a lot of people have the neoprene hoods and you can get a neoprene hood wet. It'll dry out. You can. I love it. It's like, it was almost made for scuba diving or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I loved too. There was this relay race that they did yes. this time, and I got to be the first one to do the relay race. And it was hilarious because I was like, "What's the most frustrating thing your dog does at the dog park when you're trying to get him to do a thing?" So like, we start swimming, and I just break off and start humping. Uh, the other uh, uh, and like, they're like, "No, you're supposed to race," and I'm like, "Well, I'm humping." Yes, <laughs> it was freaking hilarious. Um, the other part of you do that you are known for in San Francisco is flex. Tell sure. me about flex. Flex is, um, the event that I organize. Um, it, uh, it began first though, as an event that I did not organize. Someone else organized it. And my first involvement was they had simply reached out to me saying that, all right, we have a concept for a night it's called flex and we want you uh and you know you to you know you you to you know be one of the the go-go dancers and for you to find you know the other go-go dancers you want to dance with you so i just i i basically became like the go-go dance coordinator and also from having never gotten on a go-go dance box or had a pole uh that was man <clears throat> you know now um I, I always think of this expression it was used by alan alda in one of the episodes of mash we talked about like going into surgery was like, you know, you know, like a big deal, but you know, it'd be like falling off a log and how, you know, after this kind of like, you know, this kind of um, experience he had, it was more like falling off a cliff and, you know, he wanted to get back to it more of it falling off like a log. I think going up dancing and doing anything on a stage sometimes is like falling off a log, but that first time, oh my gosh, it's like jumping off a cliff. Cause you're on the box and you're thinking like, oh man, now everyone is looking at me and it's a little bit of a trip to get over, but that was my first involvement in this event called flex and then after and and it it was just that it was just you know me and two other guys being the go-go's for this party that happened you know quarterly four times a year and that was it and then the uh, organizer decided he didn't want to organize the night anymore and asked me if i wanted to take it over and i said yes because i had long thought of plans of like if i ever organized this event what would i do with it and um so there are a few inspirations for the event, but I mean, uh, I, I can, I can unpack those a little bit more, but I'll just tell you, like, it's an event. It happens four times a year right now. It's quarterly. It's called the muscle worship quarterly. And I thought flex was a pretty good name for that. And it's, um, a night to celebrate muscle worship. You know, men, the, uh, I call it the, the night for big men and their admirers. Um, because I grew up. Um, as I think part of my gay awakening was like gay, uh, gay awakening was, you know, noticing muscular bodies. That's what did it for me. That's what clued me into like, I like guys and not girls. Um, so that's what the night is centered around. I try and bring in bodybuilders and have them flex and show off. I put, uh, you know, muscle worship videos on the TV screens. Um, and I try and make sure that the go-go boys are, you know, nice and thick and particularly well-built. Um, and we have a, we have a nice, we have a nice fun time of, uh, of it. What? Thank you. Uh, what, 
What misconception, so what is muscle worship and what misconceptions do you think people have with the fetish? Ooh, misconceptions. Mm. <laughs> mm. Let's sure. What it is. Uh, well, uh, have you ever seen a particularly well-built guy and like checked out their arms as you're like walking by them? Maybe you wanted to like reach out and touch it and feel how big it was and hard. And I mean, that's the idea. It's not, it's not harder than that. Um, it's getting your rocks off on big built muscle guys. Um, so that can go in a range of like anywhere from like, you know, I don't know, guys who work out, you know, all the way up to big bodybuilders, you know, everyone has their various tastes, you know, and like, I mean, muscle worship then I think can like take the forms further of like, you're just feeling on someone's arm or you're feeling all over their body and it's with some close on or some close off. Um, that's muscle worship, you know, and I think it can be, it's, it's not necessarily about, uh, sexual orientation, uh, or I think like, um, um, you know, like expressive, like one way to the other, like, um, you know, me as a gay man, I would do a, you know, a web search for muscle worship, maybe on like a video website or, you know, wherever. And, there are a lot of results that I'll get, not of a big man flexing for another man, but a lot of uh, big um, uh, uh, female bodybuilders uh, flexing for other guys. Um, and then you'll get into, you know, guys flexing for guys. And then there's also a smaller subset of, you know, I think girls into straight men or like maybe bi men who are showing off their bodies as well. Um, so it's, it spans all of that. I love that. Well, it's also sport, but that goes into a lot of the fetishes too. Like you'll hear a lot of times pups and furries, um, even leather where people, for some people, not everybody, but for some people, it's not sexual at all. Um, that headspace and that expression of their fetish is not necessarily something they get their rocks off on, but it's still a headspace. They still find a sense of release or passion or joy. Um, it has nothing to do with sex. So I could totally see like, how that could cross over mm. from different sexualities and different genders. Sure. And then there's the whole sport. There's a sure. Sport well, I mean, when you get too. into, no. I mean, there's not a, sp Oh, how I wish there was a sport aspect of muscle worship. There's a sport aspect of bodybuilding and that's, you know, and then that's an aspect though of, uh, you know, very, I think a very, uh, uh, I think a very public recognition of, you know, that our values, of um, certain uh, aesthetics, aesthetics that, that ultimately have a standard set by, you know, the National Physique Committee, uh, the, the NPC, which is one of the organizing bodies of, you know, bodybuilding shows or the International Federation of Bodybuilding, the IFBB. You know, those are just the two entities in America. But, you know, ultimately, like a standards, you know, who, who then, you know, rank, you know, and, and give awards to, you know, certain bodybuilders and then, you know, therefore then inspire other people, other would-be competitors, you know, how they're going to necessarily train their physiques to match what is considered to be, you know, an aesthetic standard or, you know, or an aesthetic ideal standard of, of uh, the, the body, female body, male body. Yeah. I love that. And then for someone who's never been, let's say, can, 
can I go to this event? Let's say I'm not like super ripped. Um, but sure. it's like an event I want to go to sure. and I'm feeling intimidated by, it. I don't know if I belong there, but I, I still appreciate muscle guys. What can I expect? Sure. Oh, I uh, this let me, event? I'll answer that. But I also want to unpack a few things. So anyone can go to this event, just like anyone can also, let, let's, let's take a step further back. You described yourself as, you know, not, not, not very ripped. Good Lord. I'm not very ripped. I would not, I would not describe myself as that, but like, like this, this event is for, for anyone, for anyone who's, who's into big guys. Sure. Some big guys are going to be attracted and come to the event, but it's also going to have anyone come. Anyone can come, Um, you know, but like this feeling also of like, maybe feeling like you don't belong that that's a feeling that, you know, is part of a, you know, so, something about, you know, the imposter syndrome, you know, this, this notion that you are not as qualified as others to be there. Oh, you can't go to the gym because you're not as big as the other people that go there. Oh my God. What a silly, you know, idea when you really think about it in a certain way, because you realize that, well, how else are you going to necessarily build your body if you don't go to the gym, you know, and, but everyone can feel, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, do, do, you know, and does, uh, you know, feel intimidated by, you know, going to a new place they've never been before. Um, if, especially if they maybe feel like they're not qualified to go or they don't, they don't have something that they feel is like a price of admission. There's no price of admission to come to flex. I mean, if you're into muscle, that's the place for you. That's, that's the great equalizer of that event. And when I start that event, when I, when I say start the event, I mean, there's a stage portion where I'll introduce the go-go's and have them do some flexing for us. And then, you know, do like a round of like a, a bicep contest with the audience and then introduce the bodybuilder or bodybuilders who are going to come and flex and show off a little bit and who are going to oil up a little bit before they do that too. I'll, I'll start that. I'll, I'll start the show by, you know, saying, you know, everyone is here because they're into muscle. Now look to your left, look to your right. That person standing next to you doesn't think they're as big as you see them. It's your job to help correct that. You know, it's your job to help change that perception. You know, hey, person to your left, flex your arm. Hey, person to the right, you know, have, have, have the person feel, you know, feel your arm. Like, tell the person how big their arm feels. That's a very nice feeling to have, you know. And, like, when you have that, when you have that given to you as, as a not very muscular badge had, you know, when I, when I moved to San Francisco, you know, years ago, 13 years ago, I had other people who would hear of my interest when I said, Oh, I want to be a big guy. I want to get, I want to get into working out. I want to pursue bodybuilding. I want to get big. And they would look at me and they say, Oh, all right. Well, we, we think you have the physique for it. You know, you should really do that. And I go, no, really? Oh, I, I, I had no idea. You know, okay. I, I, I hear your encouragement. You know, I'm impacted by your encouragement. Okay, cool. You like, that's what I kicked the event off with. You, you can do that too. You can, it's that idea of, you know, like, hearing, hearing the encouragement of going for that, because that can be the thing then that, that inspires you to go, you know? Well, it's true. I mean, on a personal note, you don't know this. I don't think I've ever shared this with you or Tier. Uh, when I went to Stank and you were commenting on my traps and rubbing my back and gave me a compliment on it, um, that really kind of kicked me off into some personal fitness stuff that I've started to train on. Um, and then mm -hmm. you came up and visited not too long ago. And I was like, hey, I, 
you know, to be, to be completely honest, when I was on the cruise, I saw all these big guys. I heard a lot about testosterone and all this stuff. And I went in, got checked. Turns out I had low testosterone and now I'm on gender affirming care to <laughs> get to sure. what we consider a normal level for a male. Um, but he gave me some similar advice of like, hey, you have the physique for this. This is something I think you can do. Um, and I've been training my ass off ever since. So I just, I really appreciate that. I think it comes from a good place. Um, and that message that you have there really does resonate with people because I know it resonates You're with welcome. me. So I just want to say thank you. Let's talk about baloney. What let's, is, what is Let's bologna? talk about that <laughs> big hunk of processed meat. Uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, Bologna. Do you want to ask me a question about it before I just dive in and ramble on and tell you about bologna? Dive in because like, because here's the thing. If you Google bologna and you look at pictures of bologna, it's like, from my perspective, looking at the, like, what do you, what do you, (laughs) how would you, how would you try to describe it? Are you, are you, are you, are you seeing the photos? Uh, I see hot guys. Am I thinking? I see photos you post, but I've also dove in on my own trying to understand what the hell I'm looking at because Mm -hmm. I've seen, I've seen a lot of weird, (laughs) I've seen a lot of hot, I've seen, I've, I've looked and had questions. I don't really can't (laughs) formulate the questions. I'm intrigued as fuck. Um, and it's, all I think of is that fry meme from back to the future. (laughs) Please take my fucking money. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Cause I really want to go. Um, and it's just, it looks like a lot of awesome, Uh, well-coordinated. Man, I like, I'll try and give you, I'll try and give you my, um, my, my impression of the, the first ever bologna. I saw a bologna, bologna show. I saw, um, I saw this like this like silly like uh, most of it's most of it's all done without any like spoken dialogue. Or if there's spoken dialogue, it's like you know like you know through through a PA system. Um, so far, I've been the only one or one of the only ones to like actually have like lines during the show, and I'll get to that. But um, I'll you know there'll be like a you know set to music this like you know funny funny you know piece about you know a, um, you know, kind of like person's, uh, fantasy, um, with like a massage parlor. And then it cuts to this, like, mo- and then, you know, like next scene is this like moving dance number about like, um, like gun violence or something like that. And then the next number is they bring out a guy in a kiddie pool and they have three jars in their hand and they go, okay, you know, who, what jar were we going to put on the guy's head today? Is it going to be the jar of uh, mayonnaise? Is it going to be the jar of ketchup? Or is it going to be the jar of baked beans? And of course, everyone picks the jar of baked beans. It is camp. It is dance. It is poignant theater. And it is so on top of that stupid and gay and silly all at the same time. Uh, they, the show, like the show is introduced and self-described as San Francisco's gay all male review. Um, but then right away as they're introducing it in the moment when you're there in the show, you realize that it's not all male. Um, there are uh, female identified cast members in the show as well. I, I would say it's mostly guys though. Um, and not all of them are straight as well. There's, there's one or two guys that are there and they're just fun, silly exhibitionists. Um, but it is, a it's this, it's this comedy troupe and they do this, this kind of, you know, uh, or like a theater troupe and they, they, um, do these shows and the shows will be about, you know, two hours long and there'll be a series of vignettes or skits, um, dance numbers. Um, and, uh, the first ever one they had me do, uh, because, um, oh wait, uh, they, they take place at Oasis theater. Oasis theater is this fantastic theater in San Francisco that, 
um, regularly will host like knockout drag shows and not just, not just of local Queens, but um, who, who are themselves like knockout drag Queens, but we're talking like they'll regularly host um, current season RuPaul performing girls to, to show up there. Like it is a, it's this theater that's right in my backyard that, that hosts like world renowned talent, which is pretty amazing. Um, and Oasis during the, like, like so many businesses during the pandemic, you know, was very much struggling, struggling to survive. And they came to a, a point where they needed to raise a lot of money and they did so successfully by doing a telethon. So, and it was going to be like a 24 hour telethon. And so they needed things for, you know, to show during this telethon. And because I could do it, I raised my hand and said, well, I'll volunteer to come in and you know, say the to be or not to be uh, soliloquy from Hamlet, you know, um, you know, I don't know while I'm doing something silly on stage. So I did that and they saw me do that. And so the one of one of the the um, the uh, one of the directors of the show, Rory, saw me do this and thought, oh, we should really have him do this in the show. <laughs> so that was my first involvement in Bologna was my kind of like the scene that was like my scene, like my solo scene was I did this funny striptease to uh to be or not to be uh where i end up uh skull fucking the skull at the end uh of the of the monologue it was terrific that's awesome that's hilarious uh it sounds like a really interesting show i cannot wait to go are are they They doing a show during Folsom? um there's going to be three performances the weekend before Folsom, and then the weekend of Folsom. there's going to be a show thursday friday and saturday and I'll be in it. I'll be in this one. So if you if you are in town or if anyone else is in town and they want to see probably one of the funniest and most ridiculous things you've ever seen, um, this is the show to see. I'll be there. I'm definitely going to see because Dory was my first Dory. This is my first Folsom. I didn't get to make it out. Oh. Um, but this Folsom, I'm doing it a little different. Uh, Dory, I signed up since my only okay. experience was the cruise before and 12 circuit parties in eight days when your room is five minutes away at any given moment. I'm not going to say it was easy, but sure. that was all I knew. And I, sure. I set sure. myself up for Dory <laughs> to something similar. Uh-huh. And I signed up for all the fucking parties. Sure. I did not make all sure. the parties. Um, <laughs> I wasted a lot of money. Um, I had a great time, but, you know ubering back to your room left and right and trying to it was a little difficult this time i've made a lot of friends in san francisco over the last year and i think i'm going to take a little slower roll with Folsom and try to uh nurture some of those friendships maybe go to bars leave myself some open gaps to go back to a house party or two um to really adapt to really build upon like actual relationships i've been building um, instead of just hopping around, uh, <laughs> I love hearing that. Uh, I think that's good. Um, I was I was just going to say you talking about um, Dory and also Folsom coming up, um, and that uh, that advice that you determined for yourself and are giving yourself. Um, that's advice that comes right out of the. Um, I think one of the. I mean, I, I think it's okay to say this. Like the nearly quintessential guide to the Folsom or Dory experience for someone who's coming from either out of town or, or who has not had that experience before um, uh, is from my friend, Andy Wibbles. Um, and if you search that name and then Folsom guide or Dory guide, even probably without his name, you can find that pretty readily. Um, and you'll, you'll find that advice. Like 
you know, a good amount of it is expect to go with the flow. And, and if you do, you'll have fun. And if you try to schedule too much out, then, um, you won't have a good time because inevitably something will come up that you'll want to do, or that the person you scheduled it with will want to do. And that's just the nature that the, because there's so many people in town, um, you, you, you just have to be present with the people that you can when you're there. And, um, yeah, don't worry so much about, about hitting every event because the, like the real, the real magic of those events is how it brings people together. You know, sure. You can meet people at a dance party and you celebrate with people at a dance party. Um, you know, that that's a big part of it, but you can also fun fact, you can also get together with, you know, 30 of your closest friends at, you know, in, in your hotel room or, you know, at a, at a bar. Um, yes. With, with, or <laughs> without clothes. Clothing. <laughs> I love that. Actually, one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite memories so far at Dory and it's happened before it happened to stink too, is I, Ended up back at this rubber guy's house. I forgot his name, but I tried to avoid names anyway. Um, and I just, I don't know. We were all just sitting around watching TV and mm-hmm. hanging out at like three o'clock in the morning and naked and just talking and drinking wine. And it was so sweet. Nobody was having sex. We could have if we want. And that's actually like my new favorite afters party is like where you could have sex if it happens, but it's not necessarily expected but it's totally okay if it happens and honestly it doesn't always happen and it's great when it does and those are kind of like my new favorite kind of afters because sometimes it the flow just doesn't flow that way and it's still really you know what you described you described instead of instead of an afters where you have sex you described a sexy afters where it's you know it's it's the vibe it's the feeling it's like mm, you know it's okay like it's it's maybe horny it's maybe horny but you know what what it is first is it's just it's it's nude it's free everyone's just like chilling yeah one of my first weeks in san francisco i met um my friend lux Lux. and um my friend yeah, Lux is great. Lux ends up on a lot of podcasts. Mm. I've already here mentioned a couple times this week on other people's shows. Um, <laughs> I and my friend Forrest, and I ended up at Forrest's house. And there's just this day. It's one of my best memories, especially coming into the gay scene. And we're sitting around doing a puzzle. The puzzle is like a cottage. It looks like a puzzle you'd pull off the top shelf of Grandma's okay. house that hasn't been touched in years. We're drinking wine. We're sitting around in jock straps and some of us are getting uh sure. say it, railed um and nobody bats an eye it, 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 sure. everybody I mean, else why, is still enjoying why would you need up to wine bat an eye this is normal <laughs> adult activity yeah it, it was uh it was beautiful and i remember just like I just remember mm-hmm. feeling mm-hmm. so happy <laughs> and like i'm like this is normal and this is so cool um and then we just went back to puzzling and <laughs> it was really That's great. Cool, man. Um, well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a special memory. Um, g- given, so you mentioned one of the best compliments you've ever received is I make time still when I kiss you. Um, will you share the yes. story of this? Um, and I mean, uh, I, now, now that now that you're reading it back to me, I'm like, the, the, Andrew, did you really pick this one amongst all things that have been said to you over the years? But this is this is 
this is a compliment that um, I've heard um, in a few forms, um, a time or two. Um, and one of the times since we met on the cruise, I'll share that, you know, probably like the um, most recent memory of this was, you know, I was making out with someone on the cruise at one of the tea dances and, um, uh, you know, pulled away from me and said, you know, wow, like when you kiss someone, you just you, like, it's like no one else is in the room. It's just you and me. And I thought that was a very sweet thing to say. Um, my, my partners will comment to me sometimes that they're impressed by how long I can kiss someone. Sometimes when, um, I should, I should be introducing them as well. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll meet a boy on the dance floor or meet a friend on the dance floor and just kind of put my arms around them and make out with them for like 25 minutes. <laughs> but it's a fun thing to do. I love making out with boys. You're good at it. Um, it, you know, I can back this up too. I, I think it is something you should say. Cause like even not necessarily making out, but the few moments I've had with you, there is, I, mm. I feel like the whole room disappears. Um, and you just have this way of making someone feel, I don't know, some people on a dance floor at a party, they're like bouncing around person to person. And you're just kind of like next swipe, sure. right, swipe left, swipe, right, swipe left. Um, and you do have this ability of just being like, hi, I'm here standing in front of you. You're here standing in front of me and we're going to have this moment right now. Um, and it can be a moment and, it, and it's just a, it's a talent. It's, that you, you know, uh, um, being at events like that, um, I, I've been, I've been maybe going out to, you know, circuit parties for about six or seven years or so. I think, I think I try to, you know, I think I've, I've learned over the years to, you know, just be, just be present in the moment, you know, don't try and be thinking about, you know, rushing off anywhere or something like that. Just, you know, dance and enjoy the music. And, and then when you, you can be that with, with other people there in front of you, then you, then you're both there in the moment. Yeah, no, you, you do. You have the ability to make a room stand still. Um, it's definitely a gift and a talent of yours. Mm -hmm. um, where, you know, for, for anybody just getting into fetish, uh, pup play, flex play, the gay community, if you had any advice to give anybody, what would you give them? So for something that is, um, like a, you know, kind of like a kink community, like puppies. Um, I think, you know, before I tell you maybe what to do, I'll tell you what you don't need to do. You don't need any certain types of gear. Um, you know, you don't, you do not need to have a hood to get down on all fours and simply bark like a dog, you know, and just try that out. I mean, try that out with, with someone, you know, if ever you've, um, you know, hugged someone and then, you know, maybe like nuzzle their, their head a little bit, nuzzle their head a little bit more. I mean, that's, you know, kind of dog-like behavior, oh, you know, wow. start with, start with that, you know, <laughs> exactly. You know, um, the way that you might talk to a dog, just like that, um, you know, see if that brings you any joy to do that. Um, so you do not need any gear. Um, now, uh, I, I'm trying to, you know, not just, uh, you know, say, Hey, you should just, you know, talk to people that you see around you because I had the benefit of being in San Francisco, you know, at the time when Mr. S leather, the leather goods store here, you know, first minted the puppy hood design that we see now kind of ubiquitously even copied places. Um, I think that from conversations I've had with a lot of puppies that maybe didn't have a person to person, you know, kind of connection, 
there's a lot of online communities that one can find. I'm not, I don't, I don't have a lot of them top of mind anymore. I know Tumblr used to be kind of like the go-to place for puppies, but you know, an app on the phone, like recon, you know, can be a way to kind of, you know, pinpoint certain fetishes or, or rather certain other people that are into fetishes and kinks that you are into as well. Um, I don't know. That's, that's not very specific advice though. That's not very like, I think it's great advice. Expert, expert badge advice. I wish I had something maybe like more, you know, more succinct or, or better. Um, it, you know, if, if you're interested in muscle, you know, when it comes to like, when it comes to an interest in muscle, I mean, part of certainly, I think I have to say certainly a big part of attracting other muscle guys is to put on muscle yourself. If you're not particularly muscular, there is a little bit of a, of, you know, of a, of a, of a lifestyle kind of change one needs to go to. Cause I, I don't want you to just like go to the gym, you know, for like a week or a month and then, you know, be defeated. It's like, you have, you have like, when we're talking about building muscle, like, me, as I stand here, you know, in front, you know, or rather that you, if you were to go to my Instagram today and see photos of me, you know, me, you know, maybe from the last two, three, four or five years back, you know, I look starkly different from when I first moved to San Francisco, you know, um, and did not have the discipline of going to the gym. Um, you know, I, there's a, there's a big part of that, you know, uh, attract, you know, be, be who it is you want to attract. Um, but, but also, you know, um, online communities, things like, things like recon, you know, you can, you know, filter and sort by, um, you know, body type and, you know, if they have maybe have the muscle in their name or something like that, that's a, that can be a way to do it. Thank you. Um, I will say next. So I like to flip the script a little at some point during the show. Um, and before we close out, is there anything um is there anything you want to know about me or questions you have for me and my journey since you know you have kind of actually been kind of alongside or at least been somewhat part of it the last year <laughs> for sure um so you know i i heard you kind of remind the audience earlier in this conversation of your experience of the atlantis cruise ship which is a you know quick quick reminder if you, if if the audience does not know what it is it's like a it's like a ten day at sea cruise we went on the one through the South Caribbean um, or Caribbean I can't remember it was either South Caribbean or Caribbean yeah, it was fucking South America um, <laughs> okay <laughs> and um, you know that you you are you are on a ship of five other five thousand other gay men it's it's this wonderful blessed experience um, what was your what was the kind of evolution where you went from not having gone out to a dance party before that, but then electing to go on Atlantis? I want to know a little bit more about that. Yeah. I, um, I mean, it really started right after my divorce. I posted these pictures of myself on Instagram, got a little mm. attention that I wasn't used to getting. I have body dysmorphia. Um, I, Wait, you have body dysmorphia too? I thought I was the only right. one with that. <laughs> I no, that's a that's a thing to recognize. We all of us have that. Yeah. Um and I had just over the last two years I've lost about ninety pounds. Um and such I, I mean <laughs> 
Thank you. Can you hear the applause through my microphone? I'm I'm applauding. That I mean that is that is such hard work that and that is such and you you recognize how just day to day how how you feel. Yeah. Just moving around, you know, how different that feels. Yeah. That's that that feeling of vitality um is something that I would hope for everyone. Well, and it's it's just interesting too because like when I didn't think nicely about myself um, mm. people didn't think nicely of me and what I thought mm. was conventionally attractive. It's interesting mm. as I've moved into a space where I feel attractive, what I think is attractive that has also widened significantly and people mm. who are bigger bodies or different hairy types or not hairy types in different ages, the door has flung open. And I know that's also just something that kind of happens in your thirties. Um, but it mm. is interesting how the more positive I look at myself, regardless if I'm in like a chubby phase of the year or a cut phase of the year, um, that also reflects in the types of people that I want to be around. And I, I, I just yes. think people are really beautiful in all the different shapes and sizes they come in. Um, and so I started feeling confident for the first time ever. Um, one of the biggest things I'm most insecure about is I have a gyno um, because I had low testosterone in my 20s. I developed gyno and it's something that has been uh, a traumatizing thing my whole life and kept me from ever doing something like going on a cruise or anything like that. Um, yes. And as I started feeling better and healthier, I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going to do this. And I um, realized that, you know, that didn't matter. And um, I got healthier and it was also this goalpost for me. Um, I was, I spent last mm. the holidays. It was my first holidays divorce. I didn't, I don't, I, lived, I moved here with my ex-husband. I don't have really any family and my chosen family at the time. Mm. Um, we just were, we're going different paths, nothing negative or anything like that. It was just, it just happens after yep. divorce. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. And so yeah. I needed, I needed a North star for my fitness goals, but also just to get me through the holidays um, sure. and I'd never spent that kind of money before. I'm terrible at saving money. Um, and it was a goal. And so it just hit a lot of checkpoints for me. Um, and then I got there and Andy, uh, our friend Andy, who put me in the chat with badge and, um, is just this wonderful, incredible human being that, uh, before we even sailed away, I went over to this Airbnb and I, mm. I'll never forget, I was sitting in this house with all these creators and I got really insecure. <laughs> uh, there's all mm. these hot Australian boys and all these people and I, the imposter syndrome kicked in and it was clear, sure. clear on my face. And I remember Andy being like, we were walking back to the hotel and being like, Hey babe, like you do this podcast, you're on the internet these people were really interested in what you had to say. Like you need to not think of it as them and you like could just be present. Mm. And mm. it was like a real pivotal moment for me. Um, and then also what a, what a good moment for someone to like see that in you and just like call it out and like say that. And, you know, just, you know, like ver verbalize what you were feeling, but it might not be able to kind of say. Yet. Yeah, it was a, uh, and, you know, and it was like from that moment on, I was like, I am a fucking creator and I do have things to mm -hmm. say. And like my content that I make, even the adult stuff and the sexy, spicy stuff, like I add a little bit of artistic flair to it. Like this is my self-expression. I don't make a ton of money from all of this. It's, it's, a, it's a form of art. And the cruise was sure. really a way that like when I got there and why I was there and I got on that boat, it was just this uh, – I – 
I had for an eight days, I got to, I got to see the world. If the world was, if gay people were the majority, I got to see like what the yes. world would be like if yes. it was us. Um, and I know yes. that's not possible. And I'm not saying the world needs to be gay for everybody. Like I respect straight people and heterosexuals and I love sharing the world with people of all different backgrounds, including those I disagree with. Um, cause I think it makes for an interesting world as long as we're not fucking hurting each other. Um, but it was yeah. for one fucking week for the first time in my life, I got to experience a world that was built around me and my lifestyle and how different yes. it would be. And I remember just like the first day or two, I was in shock. I finally came to peace with like what actual sex positivity is. Um, and yes. like not kink shaming and the term don't yuck on someone's yum came along and just like, it was just a huge eye opener. And I just like each day of the cruise, it's like summer camp. I can just reflect back on it and see myself just, growing <laughs> and evolving yes. um and i get a lot of that you know san francisco i've gone on all these trips before and i've gone on vacations before san francisco is the first place where i've returned four times in one year um <laughs> and i keep going back and I, I i just and it's it's similar there as i felt on the cruise not quite the extremeness of it but um yeah, it was just a place where I got to see others being themselves and I got to be myself. And the biggest thing that I, I, I took away from all of that is like, I know what people say and I know it looks like a bunch of cis, gay, white, buff men, bathhouse on the ocean. And it's just, yep. it, it, sure, the, the, some of that's there, but they're so fucking nice. Yep. <laughs> everybody, yes. like, everybody was so incredibly kind. And I'm, I'm not saying yes. everybody is kind. And I recognize my privilege and who I am. And I may not, I'm sure some people have bad experiences and I don't want to discredit those, but I met a couple assholes, no pun intended, but like for 5,200 uh -huh. fucking people, the majority of the people I came across yes. were incredibly kind human beings. And everybody yes. really gave yes. a shit about the person to their left and the person to their right and making sure everybody around them was having a good time. Because like at the end of the day, if you're going to be a dick to someone that you're going to be on a boat with for seven days, even with 5,000 people, people on it you're probably not oh. going to have a good time either yeah word will get around yeah it will oh, yeah i um yeah go ahead no go go for it Pup, you spoke so much that that resonated with me um one of the reasons why i asked this question in the in the first place you know how, how did you get from not going out dancing to going out to um you know like a cruise ship like that is that um the the start of me going out to the start of you know to the first time i ever went on a cruise ship was years um and you know part of that is just knowing that there is such a thing as a cruise and then and then also you know setting aside for it you know saving up for it you know i live in san francisco and i do not work a corporate tech job so there are people that you know have a much higher income than i do you know and and i think maybe the the perception, though, is that once again, as someone who you know maybe had to save up a little bit to go, the perception is, or the worry, the bad perception, the the pejorative perception is that everyone is more than you. Everyone, you know, I don't know, is smarter, fitter, whatever than you, and you realize that isn't that at all the case. Um, and and it's it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to to be immersed in that. To be immersed in that joy, whether it's a, a cruise ship there or it's the Folsom Street Fair or it's, um, you know, what just happened in Chicago, Market Days, yep. you know, um, was with a friend there um, 
we met him that weekend and it was, it was his very first experience, you know, of, of coming from, um, coming from, coming from a Midwest state, you know, to market days for the first time, um, not really knowing anyone, you know, asking, you know, questions about, you know, like, Oh, what is it? Well, what is this over here? Or like, what, it, what, it, when they, when they say that, what does that mean? You know, and that, all of these things. And, at, at one point, you know, I won't, I won't share too much of their story, their, their story. But as far as I got to be a part of their story, um, at one point, they were so happy, you know, it was a it was a moment to shed some tears, you know, of just being amongst a place where they felt so loved, where, you know, maybe coming from a place where, like you, like you got to say, you know, you might not want this all the time, because you value living amongst, you know, all types of, of people. I, I do too. Um, but to see <clears throat> when all you might know is a world that is everyone different from you to see, to see a place where every, so many of the people you see instantly, you, you feel, you feel a connection with, you feel a bond with, you feel a, a similarity with um, that's a beautiful feeling to have. And, and even though you might not have that all the time, when you can experience that for a time, you, that then lives within you, that feeling that memory lives within you. Um, I'm really glad that you got to have that experience on the cruise. I hope everyone has an experience like that on a cruise or at Folsom if they come, if they choose to come. Well, thank you for saying that, that, um, I haven't shared this with you. I shared it on the last episode, but, uh, with winning my title that I just won last week, um, we, yes. we have to pick a nonprofit that we want to raise money for over the next year. And I'm actually starting my own. I have to figure out the logistics Ooh. of it. Um, but what I want to do is figure out a way to do scholarships to get people, maybe start out with like rural Oregon and getting people to Portland. But as we do raffles and have some prizes for to raise money, um, be able to give scholarships to people who are people of color, trans or low income, or just don't have the means to travel um, mm. to get out of their area to go experience events like market days or Folsom to go fucking party. And I was really, it was really important to me when I, when I gave the speech, I'm like, I'm not trying to send people to a gay Ted talk. And I know that like, you know, <laughs> learning about Harvey milk and our history and all of that super fucking important stuff that I do feel like people need to know like what came before them. But like, you just really resonate, like what you just said really resonated with the mission of what I'm trying to do is like mm. that person shedding some tears and feeling like never have been experienced or being exposed to being around that many people who they instantly have mm. a connection with. I want to be able to give people that who couldn't normally get mm. that. Um, and so that's actually the project I'm going to be working on for the next year. <laughs> Oh, puppy, I love that. Uh, keep me up to date on the details as they come of that project. I want to know more about it. Okay. Yeah, that's something that I'm going to do, and I'm going to be throwing my first party. Um, I've got a name for it. I'll, I'll throw it out in the show. If anyone's in the Portland area, I'm going to do. I want to do a party called Skin. Um, and great name. <laughs> and it's going to be a leather slash naked uh, hybrid dance party, um, and people can twist that up however Ooh. the hell they want. Um, it's not going to be a sex party. Uh, some cities that's a little harder to do than others. 
Um, but in Portland, we can definitely be naked. That's something special about Portland. Um, there you go. And I'm excited to see how people twist that up with their leather. And that's like going to be the party that I throw this year. So if anybody in Portland area or comes to Portland often wants to help out with me throwing the skin party, uh, please reach out to me because that's that's something I'll be working there on too. Go. Well, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. You're such a treat. I am so glad to have met you this year. You've been, you've had impact on me and I've been so excited to have you on the show and just from the bottom of my heart, I want to show gratitude for that. Oh, puppy. Likewise to you, man. It's been such a pleasure getting to, to meet you and then, and then see you again as you've come to come again. Um, uh, are you are you coming for Folsom? I am. Are we talking? I am coming for yes. Folsom, and now it's paid for by the title. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm so excited about that part too. I am using my timeshare, um, giving them a good deal, but I don't have to pay out of pocket. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. Can I? Um, we talked about baloney earlier. Um, I'll just say uh, the place to get tickets for people listening is sfbaloney.com. Um, and you can certainly see like pictures at um, SF Baloney Instagram, SF Baloney Twitter, um, and on my Twitter and Instagram as well. People can see. I don't post a ton of photos of Baloney stuff, but I post some, and so you can see some there. Um, there's some there's some spicy photos with with me and them. They are spicy indeed, and I love it. I love every second of it. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much. That is. Uh... We'll say goodbye to everyone. Thank you for tuning in this episode. And just so the fans know, if any of you want more content, I now have diggingforbones.com. I've also started doing writings on there. And most importantly, um, starting should be this week, I do have the ability to do transcripts of each episode. So for those, or if you know those out in the hearing impaired community who can't necessarily listen to a podcast um there will be a text version of the podcast uh posted on the website here soon enough too uh so send them over um and then yeah if anybody you can find me on instagram and twitter and OnlyFans, and yeah just thank you all for listening and thanks badge so much for being on the show Aroo. Aroo.